Mark your calendars! The ADCES 24 Annual Conference parades into New Orleans August 9-12, through 12, 2024. Registration opens March 26, but you can start planning your trip now. Get ready to seize opportunities to connect, learn, and optimize your diabetes care and education practice. Stay tuned for updates at ADCES24.org. Hello, and welcome to ADCES's podcast, The Huddle, conversations with the diabetes care team. In each episode, we speak with guests from across the diabetes care space to bring you perspectives, issues, and updates that elevate your role, inform your practice, and ignite your passion. I'm your host, Kirsten Yale, the Research Manager at the Association of Diabetes Care and Education Specialists. This episode of The Huddle kicks off a series of conversations on communicating your value as a diabetes care and education specialist. Kelly Rodriguez and Janice McLeod join us to talk about raising awareness around the value you bring to the care setting and the people with diabetes you work with. So often, the work of the diabetes care and education specialists is integrated at multiple points throughout the care model and health system, and it's difficult to quantify and voice the breadth of value you bring. Through our value series, we'll share the many ways diabetes care and education specialists bring value to the care space and how you can advocate for your team and program, allowing you to reach and help more people with diabetes. Janice and Kelly, welcome to the huddle. Yeah, thank you so much. Great opportunity. Well, we are so pleased to have you, especially me, because I've had this incredible opportunity to work with you guys over the last few years. And you guys have both been, I'm going to say, unrelenting champions when it comes to talking about the value the DCES brings to the healthcare system. So when we think about improving care or outcomes, lowering costs, reducing disparities. So I am so excited to see this value toolkit that you guys are introducing. And, you know, it really kind of brings all of these ideas about the value of the DCES together into one spot. So, so excited to have you here to talk about this paper and the toolkit. Uh, but before we jump into that, I've had the opportunity to work with you guys, but I'm not sure all of our members know about you and your background. So if you could just take a couple minutes and introduce yourself. Uh, yes, thank you, Kirsten. I'm really appreciative of the opportunity today. I'm blessed to be the 2021 ADCS president, and I've been actively involved with ADCS since I came to the U.S. some 15 years ago. And I've been working in the field for almost 25 years with the first 10 years in Australia. I'm currently employed at Parkland Health and Hospital System as the director for the Global Diabetes Program and Infectious Disease Program. And my primary role is in coordinating models of care delivery across hospitals, specialty clinics, primary care and community platforms for our Dallas County residents. And I'm Janice McLeod, and my entire professional career has been spent in diabetes, a um, number of years in clinical practice, um, taking care of people living with diabetes, and then about as many years in diabetes-related industry, serving in various clinical leadership roles in diabetes-related industry. And currently, I am serving as head of clinical advocacy at Medtronic Diabetes. So I've just had an amazing opportunity to work with a variety of companies and thought leaders and researchers and clinicians and health organizations in diabetes and just get visibility into the broad way that diabetes care is just transforming as we speak. 
Your two positions complement each other so well and really make you guys a powerhouse to put together this toolkit and this paper. So, you know, Kelly, from your perspective of models of care from an academic medical center and Janice, the technology and advocacy background you bring, it's just incredible. But I would really like to take a turn now and talk about, really jump into this toolkit and talk about the paper. So what was the importance or the vision behind the actual creating of this paper? Yes, I've been really excited to have this opportunity to look at the value proposition for the specialty. It's honestly been something I've been wanting to do for probably three or four years. And it really began with the need to bring greater internal and external recognition to the specialty, both amongst the specialty itself, as well as to our external partners, such as our employers, our payers of healthcare. It was a real need to recognize the value-based healthcare really created an opportunity for our specialty to both demonstrate and articulate how we drive positive health outcomes. I was getting a sense of frustration when I do presentations on this topic. And after those presentations, I'd have colleagues come up to me and say, you know, my program closed. They, there wasn't value and recognition in what I did. And it just really highlighted the importance of us as a specialty to own this process. So it really was around the recognition that we have to recognize that we have roles beyond traditional diabetes self-management education and support. It's at the very heart of who we are, but in my mind, it can't be all defining, or I believe that could really lead to potentially our professional demise. So I recognize that, you know, healthcare organizations are focused on clinical outcomes and the models of care delivery that have driven them. And I think that's our real opportunity as a multidisciplinary and interdisciplinary richness. It's not so much about what we do, but rather maybe the outcomes of what we do and that we need to look beyond G-codes for the professional survival and impact of our roles. So I'm hoping this paper really speaks to the broader value we bring as a specialty and our inclusion um, beyond diabetes self-management education and support, really our opportunity about driving the understanding that value recognition is not a given for us. It's not a passive process, and it's something that we must earn. Every one of us in the specialty has to contribute to this process. And so I'm really hoping this paper really provides that framework. And then the online value toolkit, for me, that's designed to bring the practical how-to elements to the content areas of the paper to provide certified and non-certified diabetes care and education specialists with key strategies and action steps for their practice. And we wanted to ensure that it's inclusive of all experience levels for our specialty, something valuable for every one of us. You know, and sometimes I wonder if it's making that opportunity known to people who don't always understand that. So the ability to understand, say, what our administrators or our technologists or the leadership in our healthcare system, do they really understand this opportunity? And for us to maybe put ourselves in their position to try to understand, or especially when we're communicating about this, um, about value. But when we talk about value, what do we really mean? In this context, it is important that the diabetes care and education specialists understand who their stakeholders are. That's an important first step. Then how do my stakeholders perceive the importance, the worth, or the usefulness of the services I provide? In fact, it's a good question to even consider, do they know about my services? And then it's up to the diabetes care and education specialist to proactively 
communicate and demonstrate the value of their services. So I think about these three Ps, uh, being proactive, which I just said, then being a problem solver, being solution-oriented. We have to learn to pivot from permission-seeking to proactively presenting solutions. And then looking, seeking, and seizing opportunities to showcase those solutions to problems and thus demonstrate our value. And then another P would be being purposeful in all that we do. Is the service I'm providing improving outcomes cost-effectively? Is it a scalable and sustainable service that's accessible to the populations I'm seeking to serve? And if not, figuring out what the barriers are and how do we break those down and solve the problems that is what it takes. We can't depend that somebody else is going to figure out the solutions. We need to be presenting the solutions to the problems and proactively presenting those at every opportunity. I think those are great points, Janice. You know, I, I, when I think of value, I'm, I'm always looking at it from the perspective of not myself, but from the other person or the other leader or organization's perspective. You know, when we look at the traditional definition of value, we can look at it from the value that something's held to deserve, the importance or usefulness of something. What I tend to look at, too, is I use the quadruple aim as my model for helping me to think about the defining elements of what the framework should look like. So looking at it from quality of care, experience of care, both from the patient or person with diabetes perspective, as well as from the care team's perspective, as well as, to your point, some of the efficiency and cost of care perspectives. I think one of the key things you mentioned, too, was around the program piece. I think that was really important to move from thinking of ourselves as programs to really thinking of ourselves as services. For me, that was a really key element. Um, As a specialty service, we've really infused ourselves through our organization, and we've used that model to really help us be um, successful in what we've been trying to achieve. So I think that term service is something that the healthcare system understands. So I love that idea of program to service and starting to really see ourselves in a different light. And Janice, thinking about your piece, the proactive problem solver, purposeful, you know, that makes me think about being an effective translator, right? Like you're creating the foundation to translate the value of these services to the system most effectively. But, you know, sometimes like, especially with you guys, you know, I can talk about these things so theoretically, right? And say like, this is the perfect way to do it, or this is how we should do it. But you guys have actually had some really great practical examples of how you've leveraged this value in your healthcare system. And I'd love maybe for you to share some of those examples with our listeners. Certainly, I can sort of speak at it from a specialty service. You know, we've really infused ourselves through our service, our organization, um, hospital, specialty clinics, primary care networks, and community. We've really partnered with these services to look for authentic connections and authentic goals where we're both aligning with what we're trying to achieve and we can find some common actions that will help both service lines be successful. We're tied to outcome measures um, that really contribute significant revenue for the healthcare system as well. And so that's helped us to really create a platform for being able to move the agenda and create, you know, real models of care delivery and opportunities for actions to be successful. And some of those things are really important in some of our high risk, high morbidity, high mortality zip codes with which we're focused on. So building a community platform has also been really, really important And I think back to um, when I'm looking at some of the successful pieces, I think back to my time as a nurse when I was in neurosurgery. And I think about how 
you know, there are certain brain tumors, and I, I have to get clinical on this a little bit just for a moment, but, you know, there's certain brain tumors that are ones that infiltrate through and they're much harder to be able to treat and grasp. And I think of that like a service. If you're something that's a program where you're able to be scooped out of an organization, I think that poses risk. If you have an ability to really connect and create authentic partnerships with various service lines or specialties or primary care networks and infuse yourself throughout an organization, that becomes really valuable and much harder to be able to nudge from an existing service line. And so I've really tried hard to do that, but firstly, because I think it's the way that we need to manage uh, diabetes care and education. But secondly, um, it's really around professional survival. Kelly, I love that illustration. It makes so much sense to me. Um, so thank you for sharing that. You know, those who know me know that I like to think in Venn diagrams. And in a Venn diagram, it's where different ideas overlap that the solution is found. And, and one of my favorite uh, Venn diagrams that I think brings it all together for the context that we're talking about today is the one on shared decision making. You know, so you have the overlapping circles of we as the clinician bringing our expertise and our experience in diabetes and so forth, but we recognize there's another expert in the room, and that's that person with diabetes who's expert in their life. And then when we find that overlap, that's where we find the answers and what's going to work best for that particular person. And so I like to think about that in this context because we can apply that sort of same thinking to conversations we have with our team members and with our stakeholders and so forth as well. And so a really timely example of this is another project that we're doing with ADCES. We just recently published a call to action paper in ADCES in practice that challenges the diabetes care and education specialists to lead in implementing the recently adopted Identify, Configure, Collaborate um, technology-enabled framework in their places of practice. And this becomes a standardized way to integrate technology tools into clinical care. And so the idea of this call to action paper came from work that we were doing uh, with the Diabetes Technology Workgroup and discussing the disparities that we see in access to diabetes care and technology options. And we recognize, wait a minute, we have a solution. We can bring a solution to this problem. And it's in leveraging this model that we can address both the disparities in technology use and adoption, but also another really critical problem that's important to ADCES members, and that's therapeutic inertia. And so this actually covers a couple of the topics in your value paper, Kelly, but I think it becomes a really nice illustration of how we use this framework as a launching pad to demonstrate our value, but at the same time, it's actually addressing these two big issues that we see right now in diabetes care, and that's disparities in care as well as therapeutic inertia. So more to come on that. I don't want to derail into that conversation here now, but I think that becomes a useful way to say, let me bring the solutions versus always bringing the problems. So when I think about turning this value into action, and I love the examples you guys have given. So Kelly, like you're 
infusion example, I mean, that just makes in the tentacles that just makes so much sense. And then adding on, you know, Janice, you're talking through your example of like a Venn diagram and all of that work is very collaborative, right? You're touching so many other teams in the healthcare system because it really is a system that we're working in. And this is going to be a tricky question for you guys. Um, you know, we talk a lot about how the diabetes care and education specialists can translate and listen to the people that they're working with, right? So through listening, you can translate to your leadership. In your experience, how have you gotten leadership to listen to you? I think the one element of that is I, I talked before about the value elements. I think you have to think about what do my leadership want to hear? So I've always been a big believer in understanding your organizational priorities. I believe in getting out your strategic plan. And I do this with a hard copy. I encourage people to print it out in hard copy, grab a highlighter, get a quiet moment and just go through the document, any strategic plan, any strategic documents, any organizational goals and look for what the organization finds valuable and highlight the buzzwords along the way. And then what I've done is tried to connect everything I do to that language, to that dialogue, so that when I'm talking about whatever it might be in diabetes care and education, if I'm trying to put forward an initiative, what I'll do is use those examples. So if employer or employee engagement is important, I'll speak to how this initiative will drive that action. If learning, teaching is important, I'll explain how that connects to that priority. So whatever it is that is the priority for the organization, it's very hard to find an organizational strategic priority that I cannot align diabetes to because of the diversity of diabetes. It's almost like you become a storyteller, right? Absolutely. I think that's critical. You've got to engage your listener. It's not about what you want to tell them. It's about what they want to hear. And what you've got to do is combine both of those together to tell them what you want in a way that they're going to want to listen. Yeah. Well, and this toolkit you guys have created. So what can our listeners do with this toolkit? Will that help them be those storytellers? You know, I hope that it will. So what I hope is that our members will read the paper and also share the paper with their stakeholders as well. But then also go to the website where we're going to be hosting a page dedicated to um, the Value Toolkit and explore the resources that our team members have put together for you. And so what we did is we enlisted the help of some, I would call them thought leaders in the different respective areas. We took the paper and looked at the broad categories, and that included cost-effective care, therapeutic inertia, population health management, behavioral health, integrating technology, And we brought together individuals, ordinary members, just like you and I, who had grasped the vision that Kelly was talking about earlier and actually put together some really creative and and great solutions. And so what we're doing is engaging those experts in helping to define the resources that we need um, that can really help members and building their value, but then also in recording a series of podcasts or video vignettes that are going to allow you to learn in very practical, day-to-day clinical practice kind of terms, 
how do I bring this to life in my particular situation? And so what we would hope is that members would go away with the feeling of, wow, uh, this is not only something that's possible, it's possible for me. And not only is it possible, it's something I really need to do. It's imperative and it's urgent. And then I know, Kelly, from the very beginning, you've sort of envisioned this toolkit as being dynamic or living and not static. We're going to keep learning and growing and and making additions as time goes on. So I hope that the website, the web page becomes a place where people will go often and return to and get fresh inspiration and ideas from the different resources that they are able to find there. I think that's great, Janice. I mean, I, I really hope that people come to this vision aspect and, and the value uh, paper and the toolkit as an opportunity to just learn new ideas, sort of planting seeds for growth, um, embracing it sort of one step at a time, understanding that it's going to be filled with a whole lot of rich resources that don't all need to be consumed at the same time, and that it will help to maybe provide opportunities not only to sell yourself as a clinician, but also the service and to your leadership piece, the real value that you bring. And so I really hope that, you know, people will embrace that in that way and understand that it's for all diabetes care and education specialists. It's not for those in leadership. We want to make sure that people understand that the purpose of this is for everyone. Every single contributing diabetes care and education specialist, certified and not, has a real ability to contribute to the growth and value recognition of our specialty. And it requires all of us. We have to own the process. Value is not a passive process. It's something that just requires a real proactive approach that we do in in some sort of consolidated way um, that meets our unique needs as well. So I'm really hopeful uh, for that opportunity for people. And and it's a time of excitement. So I look forward to hearing how, how people experience that over time. And I love your thought there that it requires all of us because you're right. I mean, as the vision has expanded the role of the diabetes care and education specialist and your tentacle idea, there's just so many places where different roles can work and it does require all of us to make this happen. And I have been lucky enough to get a sneak peek at the value toolkit and I can say it is a wow. I think one of you said wow. So I will repeat that. It is a wow. And the toolkit does bring these values to life in this living document way. If there was one thing that you could leave our listeners, just one big idea before we leave, what would that be? I think for me, the first thing I want to understand for people is that value has the word you in it as part of its definition. And it's because certainly I believe in the specialty and I believe in everyone's ability to contribute to that whole I want people to really believe in their ability to impact and demonstrate the value element and to own it. So I'm really excited for what that will bring. And I feel like it's going to bring a lot of strength to us as a specialty practice. And I'll add to that, you know, we are, you could say, in the midst of a healthcare crisis with the rapidly rising number of people affected by diabetes. And, you know, that has a huge impact on our healthcare systems. And this becomes actually for us, it supports the need for the diabetes care and education specialist to be that valued, vital member of the care team, uh, enabling and empowering the healthcare system to be able to um, address this real health crisis. And so I would just encourage uh, the diabetes care and education specialist 
if you aren't a member of a team and you feel you should be to proactively invite yourself to be a member of that care team and, and demonstrate why. And if teams don't exist, to form them and to lead them and just to be that person who brings the solutions because we have problems. But the diabetes care and education specialist is uniquely equipped to bring the solutions. And I would just encourage our members to be the one who steps up and leads in that way. Well, I can't think of two better people to empower the diabetes care and education specialist and bring out, um, like Kelly, like what you said, the you. Thank you guys both so much for being here. I've truly enjoyed this conversation and I hope we can talk again soon. Thank you, Kirsten. So appreciate it. Thank you, Janice. Yeah. Thank you, Kirsten and Kelly. Great conversation. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Huddle. What a great way to kick off this series on the value the DCES brings to the diabetes care space. Make sure to listen to each of the conversations in this series as we take a deep dive into the value you bring and thoughts on elevating your role and the specialty. Get the tools you need to start communicating your value by visiting the resources available in the show notes at diabeteseducator.org forward slash podcast. The information in this podcast is for informational purposes only and may not be appropriate or applicable for your individual circumstances. This podcast does not provide medical or professional advice and is not a substitute for consultation with a healthcare professional. Please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions.